This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's play along right now with the host of BetQL. Send it in. Giving out his plays. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Props. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him. Turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. Parlays for today. Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. It's PJ Glasser. He is the host of Senate in every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East. Follow him on Twitter, PJ Glasser9. PJ, good morning to you. Now, I'm not going to ask you for a Super Bowl pick early on unless you have one, but do you at do you at least have an early analysis of what you think may happen in this game? We've already seen a little line movement as far as the spread is concerned. Yeah. As far as this game goes, guys, I mean, it's tough not to like Mahomes with the plus money. I mean, he's already beaten Buffalo as a dog. He's beaten the Ravens as a dog. I do think San Francisco is the overall better team, but I thought Buffalo and Baltimore are better teams than Kansas City, too. Um now that it's dropped, you know, it was a two and a half. It's down to one and a half now, Bet MGM. I think it's a bad matchup for Purdy, too. I think the Ravens and the Chiefs have the two best defenses in football. You look at what the Ravens did to Purdy when they played on Christmas Day and they forced him into four interceptions. I think this defense could force Purdy into some turnovers as well. So I think it's a bad matchup um, for Purdy. Now, if San Francisco leans on the ground game like Baltimore should have done and they didn't, and if they're able to run with McCaffrey and Debo, then they should have some success. But if they, you know, decide to air it out and throw it on this Kansas City defense and on this secondary specifically, they're going to have some issues. And uh, Mahomes and Kansas City, they've done a really good job this postseason at scoring in the first half. And then they get a lead and then they just kind of lean on their defense and play ball control in the second half. We know Kansas City second half unders, fourth quarter unders have just been automatic this season. So San Francisco's got to get off to a good start in this game. I think if you like them to win, you have to like them in the first half. I don't think this is going to be like the Lions game where they're going to have to come back and win this game or even like the Packers game Mm -hmm. too. I don't think they're going to be able to come back on Kansas City. If you like them, I think you got to like them early and they're going to have to win the game uh, for all four quarters because I don't think they're coming back on the Chiefs and on this Chiefs defense. So my initial reaction would be Kansas City. Um, I'm interested to see the line movement and if this game closes as a pick or even if the Chiefs closes favorites because I think there is a chance that that happens. Um, if it does, then maybe I, I could be interested in San Francisco. But this game truly is a, is a coin toss. It's kind of all price dependent for me. But at the current number right now with the plus 100, I, I'm leaning towards Kansas City. PJ, real quick, we know you have college basketball games to get to, but wellness check. You're a Ravens fan. You're also an Alabama fan who <laughs> lost in overtime to Michigan. And now yeah. you see the Ravens lose at home. How are you feeling there, brother? You all right? Elsa, I'm feeling that 2024 can go kick some rocks because uh, I'm not feeling <laughs> it right now. You know, it's been tough. The Ravens one was way was way tougher than the Bama one was. I know Bama was like two minutes away and Michigan had a fourth down, but it's Michigan was the better team. So you can live with it because at the end of the day, you know, I felt like those teams played 10 times. Michigan would beat them six or seven. Uh, The Ravens were the best team in football. And like Sunday didn't change my opinion of that. They just the game plan, guys, like what? 
are they doing? How can you watch that first quarter on fourth and one when Lamar has the 20-yard run and then Gus Edwards has the run and then you just like completely abandon it? And the game was like never really out of reach. They were never more, they were never down by more than 10 points. And Gus Edwards only had three carries and Justice Hill only had three carries and it's like, Chelsea, as you know, when they lost to the Titans when they were a one seed, like it was the same thing. They just completely abandoned the run. Now that game was a little different because the Titans were up 14-0 early and the Ravens had never been down like that that season all year and they kind of panicked. But this game, like you had trailed, you know, with Lamar before, like he had been used to it. You're at home. Like the game is by no means out of reach. You just watch Buffalo run for 182 yards. You just watch Josh Allen run for a bunch of yards. It was it was just puzzling. It's frustrating. So I, uh, you know, the fact that the Ravens, I think, are the better team, and they just didn't want to run the ball against the Chiefs, who have a great secondary, just makes it frustrating. Because this was their year. This might be the best team that they ever have under Lamar. Like they were solid in all three phases. So uh, wellness check on me, Chelsea. Is uh, yeah, twenty twenty four. So far, not great. Not enjoying it. Oh, bless well, let's let's <laughs> let's move on to something quickly. How about yeah. some some college basketball? Let's do that. Let's do that, PJ. Okay. How about we start tonight with Iowa and Indiana in the Big Ten because we are now starting to really get into college basketball now that the NFL season is slowly dwindling to an end after the Super Bowl. So where are you going tonight, Hawkeyes and Hoosiers? Jenks, it's not often that in a pick'em type game like this, especially in a game with unranked teams, that Indiana at Assembly Hall is an underdog, and uh, I'm gladly going to take that plus a hundred. You know, both of these teams at the beginning of the year we thought would be tournament teams, and that's just not the case right now. Iowa usually under Fran McCaffrey, you know, they're really good at home and they struggle on the road. Indiana's normally really good at home, regardless of who their coach is. I'm just relying on the home court advantage tonight. I mean, if you blindly bet home teams on the money line in the Big Ten, you're going to make a lot of profit. So they're giving us Indiana's home dogs, guys, against Iowa, who doesn't play any kind of defense. I'll gladly take the Hoosiers here at uh, plus 100. I do think it's really hard to go against home teams, uh, especially in these conferences that have really good home court advantages and just uh, strength top to bottom of uh, some of these schools. Uh, Let's go to the ACC. We've got UNC squaring off with georgia tech i would imagine unc pretty sizable favorites here are you rolling with the tar heels or is there another play on your mind here no chelsea i'm actually gonna go with georgia tech plus eight and a half for me it's all about the spot carolina's got duke upcoming on saturday like how are you not looking ahead to that game right i mean it's north carolina duke you're at home in chapel hill and georgia tech's been one of those teams in the acc that at times they can kind of give some of the the top teams in the ACC some issues, you know, their offense can get a little streaky. Um, I just kind of think this is a little bit too big of a number as well. Like North Carolina, when they go on the road, you know, they couldn't cover against Florida state. They had some issues against Clemson in the first half until they pulled away last year. Obviously they were the preseason number one team and they were getting everybody's best shot. And this year, you know, they weren't thought of as to be as great. They brought in some transfers, Harrison Ingram from Stanford and Cormac Ryan from North Car- from uh, Notre Dame, and they brought some guys back. But kind of how R.J. Davis has elevated his game as guard is why North Carolina is as good as they are. You know, they're a top-five team in Ken Palm right now. They're number three in the country. I- I'm not quite sure 
my thoughts on North Carolina long-term and heading into the tournament. And we obviously have about a month and a half until, you know, that we start NCAA tournament. But as of right now, for this game specifically, I'll take the points with Georgia Tech just because of the spot and Duke upcoming on Saturday for the Tar Heels. We're talking with PJ Glasser. He is the host of Send It In every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East. Find him on Twitter at PJ Glasser 9. All right, let's go down south to the SEC. Mississippi State taking on Ole Miss. What's going to happen here, PJ? Yeah, guys, the Egg Bowl of basketball. This will be a good one. Yeah, both, teams right? are having, both teams are having good years. Ole Miss is having a good first year under Chris Beard. They're 17-3. and three. But you look at their resume, you dive deeper, and they really haven't beaten like a solid team yet this season. And Mississippi State's pretty solid. Like they're a team that if they're an eight seed, a nine seed, 10 seed come March Madness time, they could be a team to watch just because of how good they are on the defensive side of the floor. And they also have some dudes that can score on the offensive end. They have a really good big man in Tolu Smith. I understand why this game's a pick 'em because Mississippi State has struggled on the road this season, but they've also beaten teams like Auburn and Tennessee this year. Mississippi State, for me, when I bet them, it's all about matchups. When they go up against an elite offensive team, I like to fade them because even though they're great on defense, they just don't really have the horses. They're not built to win games in the 80s or 90s. But when they play teams like Ole Miss that are built like they are, hard-nosed, defensive, you want to play slugfest in the 60s, 70s, that's when I like Mississippi State, even on the road in a rivalry game. I like the fact we're getting them pretty much at a pick So I'll take Mississippi State minus 105. I think they're the better team, and I think they're playing better basketball right now. Oh, fond memories for Mississippi State and their unders. I feel like last year that was an absolute cash cow, hitting the under with Mississippi State. Let's go to the Big 12. Oklahoma State and Kansas squaring off. Uh, I was just talking about home court advantage. It feels like Kansas has a very good home court advantage, but a sizable spread here. Who do you like or what's the play? They certainly do. I mean, Bill Self and the Jayhawks seemingly never ever lose at the fog and I don't think they're going to lose tonight but I don't think they're going to cover the 16 and a half I think this is too big of a number the big 12 is such a gauntlet I mean it really is there are only so many games on your schedule where like you can kind of sit back take a break and where you get numbers as big as this Oklahoma State is far and away the worst team in the league and I think Kansas is a bit overrated this year Um, I just think this is too big of a number look if you're Oklahoma State Right. One of the reasons you come to Stillwater is to play in the Big 12 and to play in venues like this and go to Kansas. So they're going to give Kansas their absolute best shot. And, you know, they've played some of the teams in the league tough this year. They took Baylor to overtime. They played TCU tough. So I think they'll be able to play Kansas tough. We're just talking about North Carolina with their look ahead spot against Duke coming up. Well, Kansas has Houston coming in on Saturday. So that's one of the marquee games in the Big 12 all year. Think there could be a little look ahead for the Jayhawks as well, but just think the numbers too big and this is just one of those scheduling spots where the Big 12 is so tough. There's only so many kind of letdown games, games you go through the motions. I think this could be one of those for Kansas. So don't be surprised if Oklahoma State's kind of hanging around in the first half. Kansas turns it on and pulls away in the second half. But uh, I think they can keep it within the 16 and a half. So I like the Cowboys tonight. He is the host of Send It In every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East. Always bringing great college basketball information. And you know he's going to have more on the NFL next week. It is P.J. Glasser. P.J., always great to hear from you. And 
We hope you can get you out of these doldrums, man. This is a tough loss, buddy. I thought you had it on Sunday. All good, guys. Good talking to you. Have a good rest of your week. You too. Chelsea, before we go to break here, do you know more about mid-major basketball than major or, you know, what would be considered, you know, blue blood basketball because of all of the research that you've done? Well, when it comes to college hoops, it's not necessarily like I know the team's front to bottom. It's I am looking for certain trends and certain situations. And I think home court mm-hmm. advantage has been a perfect one to point at, you know. So it's less about like, I don't know, you know, the personal interests of every player. Right. It's about looking at situational spots. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.